I don't think that people allow themselves to make mistakes good enough. I think it's okay to say, I'm going to do a to-do list. I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to start doing yoga. But what happens is when we skip it or we miss a week and we go back into our old way, we kind of close the book on what we know what we should be doing and we go back into our old cycles. Back into our back old cycles. Back into our back old cycles. Old cycles. Back into our old cycles. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. My name is Pablo Quiroga. I'm your host, and this is Devotion Freeze, presented by Field Talk, the show where we explore the story behind legends in the making and discover actionable knowledge we can all leverage in our daily life. Performance, sports, nutrition, meditation, innovation, creativity, heart intelligence, the evolution of technology, and discovery of flow state are just a few of the topics we explore at Devotion Freeze. Today, we're gonna drop into flow with a special human. His name is Shane Stewart. And at the end, please don't forget, there's gonna be an awesome special meditation for athletes brought to you by the lovely Sanam Irfani. Shane Stewart is a spirited human living in heart and exploring the world by sharing his love for all things plants, consciousness, and giving. Let's drop into Devotion Freeze. Right on, brother. All right, so we are at Panacea, huh? Yes, sir. Man, it's uh, incredible to finally get to meet, and thank you so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate it, Paul. You're you awesome, know, it's a long time coming. Um, you know, we've had a couple podcasts here at what I consider the best plant-based restaurant um, in home thank in you, Las man. Vegas. Um, definitely love the culture and yeah let's just kick off you know um, I was explaining to you what devotion freeze is about and really what it means and what we're trying to do by sharing other people's stories mm-hmm. um, so just like everything else I always love starting the show by going back as far as you can remember even if you can remember being your mother's womb right mm-hmm. um, tell us a little bit about your origin story and where you're from yeah so I was born in California in in Orange, California. Moved here when I was five to Las Vegas. My dad opened up a show on the Strip. It was the first four-wall show, meaning he put in all his own money to open up um, Legends in Concert at the Imperial Palace. Legends in Concert is the biggest impersonator show in the world. And when we moved here, we moved into the Imperial Palace. We lived there for seven years. We had two suites joined together and so funny at that time growing up in vegas everybody would always ask you know you tell them you're from vegas and they go what hotel do you live in such a ridiculous question but actually did live (laughs) at a hotel and i had new friends every single weekend so it was great that's insane um went to moved to uh when we moved out of the house we moved into a beautiful ranch we had 36 arabian horses uh just a beautiful blessed lifestyle with my family very close um family's mormon never grew up with the religion but it was always in the background because of their background but it brought every we always had a very close family unit growing up um had a very hard time in school always from the time I was young could never keep me settled still enough to really pay attention and because of that I was uh, kicked out of schools everywhere man I went to from 
every from the time I was in kindergarten, my poor parents had parent-teacher conference all the time. And when I got into high school and things got a little bit more serious and I could make more detrimental decisions, um, my my health, my decisions, my friends all began to take a dramatic turn. So what ended up being a, uh, a problem, a lifelong problem of the structure of school um, ended up being more detrimental later on in my high school years because it led to drugs, gangs, all kinds of terrible stuff. Um, I went to my first freshman year, I got kicked out of Valley High School. Then I went to Bishop Gorman, got kicked out of Bishop Gorman my last semester. And then I went to Bonanza High School and got kicked out of my in Bonanza High School. It wasn't until late, right after school, when um, I had an uh, incredible experience. I'll explain to you a little bit later because it's going to have everything to do with my journey of why I do what I do today. Right on. Um, but it was quite the amazing um, journey because growing up with impersonators and the best of the best, uh, people constantly stopping my dad in the middle of the streets trying to audition for him, whether they're a waiter at P.F. Chang's or somebody waiting out in front of his office for waiting for him to come to work. I was definitely surrounded by uh, all walks of life of people in the entertainment industry. And when I finally got my act together, I decided to move to L.A. and get into the film business. And originally it was to become an actor, but I had uh, my run with being an actor, got to do plays, we did plays all over the place, classical, Shakespeare, really built up my self-esteem through getting on the stage and finding something that I was really good at and allowed me to shine. And then I got a taste of what it, was, what it felt like to be behind the camera. So I went back to film school. I made my first feature film at the age of 24 about my life. Um, it was called Self-Medicated. I actually played myself in the movie and it did not get picked up at Sundance or Toronto or any of the really big film festivals, but every single other film festival, it uh, was picking up awards all over the place and it became the most award-winning independent film of 2006 and got picked up for distribution by a giant label called Think Film. And Think Film played in New York, Miami, Chicago, all the big cities, they even played overseas. And we had the luxury and fun of walking red carpets and doing all kinds of interviews, and it was great. And my second film that I made was a Netflix premiere, and it was called Heart of the King. And Heart of the King was about the worst Elvis impersonators on the planet. And because I grew up with the best of the best, and so I knew that there was this other element that uh, was, wasn't being talked about too much. And these were the guys that didn't have the voice, they didn't have the, they didn't have the voice, they didn't have the look, but they had the heart to pursue and do what they love, which I had a very strong kinship with those guys because it related a lot to my own journey. And I really wanted to document this unraveling of the onion, why people do what they do and get into the heart of regardless of what they have working against them, they go against all odds and you know do whatever fuels their passion. And then I was working for a TV show called Local Hero. And Local Hero was amazing. It allowed me to travel all over the world and go to parts of the country that, of, of countries that I would have never gone to on my own. And I had a very profound moment when I was doing my last shoot. It was the last shoot that I have done. I'm actually working on a new documentary now, which is cool because I'm getting to tap back into that passion. But Local Hero, I um, documented this lady named Dr. Cynthia. She built a makeshift hospital on the border of Burma. 
um, in May Sot in Thailand, and we went down there with prosthetic limbs, syringes, medications, all kinds of stuff that you would need for a hospital, and trekked sure. through the jungle for two weeks. And it was pretty treacherous living in these huts, eating the food that they ate and, you know, vomiting every single day and the way that they went to the bathroom. But it was humbling, to say the least. And when I saw this little old lady and what she was doing, and they had these people called runners that run, run over to the border of Burma and bring back these Burmese refugees that had stepped on landmines, blown off their limbs, malaria, any, every kind of disease you could possibly think of. And they were just lined up in these small rooms. And she was such an incredible powerhouse to sit with and witness. And she definitely, when I left from that journey, she left me with a burst of inspiration. And I realized that in my life that I really, I wanted to live a life of purpose. And I felt like through making films that I was able to reveal an aspect of myself that I thought was very important. First and foremost, I have a career in nutrition, but nutrition really came from diving into the subject of self-love and, and purpose. And so I decided to change my career up a little bit and um, I went back to school for nutrition and started working for a company called Vitamix um, just to make ends meet as I was still doing the film thing. And while I was working for Vitamix, uh, which is the number one blender company and the commercial blender company in the world, these at Starbucks, Jamba Juice, Smoothie King, they use it everywhere. And there was this guy when I was training um, showed me how the machine makes ice cream and for fun we had vegetables for the soup that this machine makes he stuck some baby carrots into an ice cream and all the kids started eating it and he was like see and you can even get your kids to eat their vegetables and I in my mind I'm like oh my god this is unbelievable my <laughs> wheels started turning and so they really working for the company um, even though we were independent contractors and we were working for ourselves they still had a regimen that they wanted you to follow these are the recipes you're going to make these are the things that you buy to make the food and I just, like me in school, nothing could ever, you, if you ever give me a structure, I always go against the structure. Anytime I feel, I, and as I've gotten older, I've learned to tap into what my situation was with school. And anytime I feel closed in or um, feel a lack of freedom whatsoever, even as from the time I was a, a youngster with my parents in my home or school or whatever it may be, I always go against it right off the bat. And I don't know what that rebellious thing is in me that I've always been born with. And But um, now it's made me the happiest person ever. What was my biggest default is one of my biggest attributes. And I decided to take these recipes that were using Coffee Mate and Hershey's chocolate to make a Frappuccino or juice concentrate, condensed sugar to make ice cream. I started educating myself on superfoods and nutrient-dense foods. And at the same time, in my journey of learning more about nutrition, I learned about these alternative healing clinics that were popping up all over the place. One specific was called the Gerson Clinic, which was has a success rate of what they say is about 80% as opposed to 8% Western medicine. So you go to San Diego, you go through this... Um, the evaluation period where they see if you're even eligible to go over to um, um, Tijuana is where the clinic is okay. to go through the process and it's 80% success rate so I went in dive deep into what these people were doing and really it was the basic concept of if you're sick if you have a bunch of fish in a fish tank and you pump carbon dioxide into the fish tank, what do you naturally do? Do you take each fish out and treat it for its illness, or do you clean the fish tank? So the Gerson therapy is all about cleaning the tank, and it all had to do with just resetting your body and introducing all these good foods back into it. 
So I saw Vitamix as an incredible vehicle for me to take this knowledge as I was there on a microphone, I already had the platform anyway, and sell this idea. And if you like this idea, here's a machine that can help you along with it. And in 2006, out of 750 salesmen, I became the number one salesman for Vitamix, but they hated me. Because what happened was, even though I was doing it, I was selling a lot of machines, um, I wrote my own recipes and I did exactly what they told me not to do. So I wrote my own ebook called How to Eat, How to Eat Your Vegetables and Not Know It. So instead of a frappuccino, I made a veggie using raw cacao and educated people on the superfood, the indigenous superfood of chocolate. And then I would hide in avocado, spinach, kale, and then I made an ice cream, cabbage, carrot, squash, vanilla ice cream, strawberry, tomato ice cream, uh, avocado, spinach talk ice to cream. Me, talk yeah. to me, talk to me. And then I started learning more about whole foods and that you could actually, there's other parts of the foods that weren't going in there that were really nutrient dense. Like I heard about people liquefying avocado pits and taking the stem, the seeds of the bell pepper and the green leaves of the strawberries and all the seeds of the apple and educating myself on cyanide be taking small doses, stops tumors from growing and apricot pits are being distributed with the acorn out of the pit, the seed out of the pit loaded with cyanide that stops um, tumors from growing. And, um, and that became my message. But the problem was a lot of the places where I would go and deliver this message was in the heart of the beast of a Costco or other places where wow. this food was surrounded all yeah. over the place. So um, I opted out of those stores and started doing um, health and wellness seminars at uh, anti-aging conventions, wellness conventions, cancer conventions. And it really allowed me to shine. But what really got me more than anything and it's this one, I think we all have these pivotal moments, as long as we're aware where the universe will step in and go, here's your calling, this is what you're supposed to do, and this is why. And this was at a convention um, in Orange, in Anaheim. And I had, at this, this is one of the biggest conventions that I do, the Health and Wellness Convention in Anaheim. And you have this big sea of people in front of you, like, you know, sometimes a hundred people at a time that would come cycle through and move out. And there was this one lady on a crutch that just kept on staying there this whole time. And I went like three or four and each demonstration is about an hour long. And finally I stopped in the middle and I go, wow, you have sure been sitting here through a lot of this. Have you learned everything you need to learn? And she goes, I knew you wouldn't remember me. And I said, no, I don't remember you. And she goes, I was here last year. And she goes, except I was in a wheelchair and I have fibromyalgia. And she goes, you took a lot of time with me. You shared me all of your information. I bought the machine. I educated myself. I bought the books. And she goes, I wanted to walk in here today and say thank you for changing my life. And it just, right there, I knew what my calling was. And um, I gave up the idea of being in Hollywood, of uh, making movies. And I thought that my one of my greatest attributes more than just being um, creative and tapping into that uh, creative part of myself is have the gift of gab and I can use that for many many other things but I chose to really dive in and use it for nutrition and um, there was this nightclub that shut down in Vegas called Preve and the owners of Preve nightclub decided that they wanted to open up a health and wellness place in Las Vegas so I was still living in LA at the time they contacted me and they said, we would love for you to come in and help us open up a health and wellness bar. And I said, you got it. And I go, let's do it. So I moved back here and back here. And right after 2012, and we opened up greens and proteins 
and greens and proteins was love that place yeah it was kind of before it's time man because when we opened it up on eastern and 215 right next to sunrise cafe right outside of the athletic club we had jamba juice smoothie king or not smoothie king uh another place like jamba juice that's here and um the smoothie bar that exists inside the athletic club marty he's awesome he's one of my good best friends but Nobody was doing these things using superfoods and making green smoothies and, you know, the stuff that everyone's now doing today. Mm-hmm. And so it took a lot of convincing. People were going in, if I remember, for the grand opening of greens and proteins and the veggie chino. People would come in like, so what's in it? And I'm like, oh, it's amazing. It's a chocolate with spinach, avocado, whatever. I'm like, uh, do you have anything with, like berries and banana and some protein powder? So these guys are like dude i don't know if this was the best idea man they they go sometimes we just need to meet people where they're at and i go no 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 i go it's all about the flavor bro we're gonna get this so i went to sunrise cafe one day and i made every smoothie on platters i had all the employees come out with me and i said um guess what's in the smoothie first free smoothie at uh, greens and proteins and so they were like man this tastes just like chocolate you got chocolate you have a little bit you have some coffee in there where you have some milk, you, know, you just ate green cabbage, yellow squash, carrots, the thin skin of the carrot, cabbage the most fibrous vegetable in the world, kale, the number one on the nutrient density list, and go through it and they go, oh my God, this is amazing. And it started filling up through allowing people to taste it right. and become comfortable with that idea. And then I was getting ready to move back to LA. I even had my house all done right underneath the Hollywood sign. I was moving in with my buddy Matt, another filmmaker, and I was gonna go back on that journey again. And um, I got a call from um, downtown project and they said we would like to open something similar to greens and proteins downtown and I said I go, that's crazy man I go nobody goes downtown I go would never take that kind of uh, gamble on my life or something like that and they go, what if we paid for all of it I said well that's freaking awesome and so I learned about downtown project revitalizing downtown so stoked about the idea of taking this part of Las Vegas which I grew up in and turning it into a community with people moving in from Silicon Valley, entrepreneurs all over the place, and building a community with collisions where people can meet and build something that Vegas, everyone always complained about not having, which was um, culture and, and a strong community. community. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was awesome, man. I learned a lot about having my own business, and what was so beautiful with Downtown Project was there, were, there weren't any restrictions. They said, what do you want to do? And I said, I, w- I want to tap into local farms and, and talk about sustainability. I would love to go into the schools and teach kids about nutrition. And I go, I don't think community just resides in downtown, but I think Las Vegas is our community, and I want to use grassroots as my vehicle to do so. And pretty awesome, man. I got to go to almost every elementary school, work with a couple um, – one of them is actually downstairs right now, the founder of Green Our Planet. Um, and Creative Change Now is another one I worked with. But creating garden programs, taking kids, building relationship with food and take them into the classroom and making the food themselves and getting way more excited about health and nutrition. And that run downtown, just because it wasn't right, really ready yet, maybe for just a juice bar. I know other businesses down there do well, but for a juice bar... It was I was sustaining myself, but I wasn't seeing any exponential growth. And I had this idea for Panacea. Met my partner Dylan Berkabel, and decided to build a place that had a second floor. It was super important that the or I would have to have a separate room somewhere that would allow for community events to take place and allow food to be just the icing on the cake. So Panacea is my newest adventure. 
And panacea means to cure all the elixir of life. This is the root meaning of the word, uh, Greek word. And a lot of people associate, oh, what a great name, panacea, um, the, the elixir of life, and you have all this healthy food, but that's not what, the, what this is actually all about. So panacea for me is the elixir of life, is you can be the healthiest person on the planet, eating kale chips, hating our president all day long, and have the most acidic environment you could possibly have because thoughts are food. And, th and they're the most acidic food if your thoughts happen to go that low vibrational direction. So classes that we have here are conscious conversation where we uh, drop, uh, a drop down a subject and allow two different sides to come together and find a middle ground, a very powerful uh, uh, event that I have here. I have um, an event that's starting Sundays now that we started our brunch called Soul Food. So we will, this next girl that's coming in is, um, was born with HIV. She's written a book. She travels all over the world in Africa and teaches people about her um, experience and how to deal with this disease. And she's going to be coming here. We're going to have our, her talk and then we're going to have our new polenta omelets and our matcha pancakes, bottomless mimosas because now we have a liquor license coming. And, um, and on Monday, sound healing. And then I have the coolest thing I'm so excited about. I just got it all done and put together. And, and it's um, dating, conscious dating. It's called I'm All Ears. And it's blindfolding yourself and not being able to sit and see the person that you're sitting in front of but activities to build a relationship with just feeling that person's soul and the words and feeling divine connection with that person. And then you choose whoever it is you want and then we release the blindfold and you get to see what you picked. And, um, that was gnarly. Yeah, and I do. I got the idea because there's a That's lady that, that wanted to come in here. They have this vegan um, uh, speed dating. Okay. And they said, we want to use Panacea for, the, for this thing. They go, it's big all over the place. And I said, it sounds awesome. And she goes, it's your guarantee to have a lot of people there. And I said, the only problem is I go with the vegan thing. I go, I don't have a problem against vegans. I think it's beautiful. But I do feel like we are taking a lot of the community out by throwing that label onto something. So even when I opened up Panacea, it was very important for me to get rid of that label completely. Even when people come in here and they go, oh my gosh, is everything in here vegan? I said, we don't use it if you were here. Like, this is all plant-based, man. So if you want to go eat a steak afterwards, by all means do it. But I'm just showing you the healing power of plants prepared in the best way I know how. And um, it, the message has worked tremendously. Um, most of everyone that comes here, uh, they eat meat. And, but they come here to, to, because they're watching documentaries or they heard some sort of information that they should be eating more plants. And it's just a lot more inviting. I'm very careful with my online marketing that we're not showing anything with animals being tortured or anything like that because um, even though that is my number one reason why I have a vegan restaurant is because how animals are taken care of first and foremost because I do believe you can be healthy and eat meat at the same time. But um, yeah, man, so dude, what has turned into this amazing journey of exploration and trying to find myself, it's always led back to plants, man. Going back to one thing I told you about that I didn't dive right into because it would have been too early for me to share the rest of the story was when I was 18 um, my buddies and I decided to go up to Arizona and somebody told us not because it was a spiritual place just because we heard that the sky was amazing they said if you go up to Arizona it's like front row seats to outer space and if you take, decide to take some acid or some psychedelics there you will trip out so we went up there with both mushrooms and acid and uh, we were climbing when we got there we saw all these hippies getting out of the bus we're like look at this whack job place this is crazy look at all these people meditating on rocks there are some nutty people in this world 
and we were hiking up Bell Rock, and I said, this is like one of the greatest vortexes. Didn't feel the vortex, but we were like, this is a great place to set up camp. And so that night, me and my, uh, me and my buddy decided to take our mushrooms up there, and we didn't talk to each other all night long. The downloads that we were receiving about our life, everything about our decisions, the connection to the universe, it was amazing, Bram. It was the most amazing experience I've ever had, besides some later recent ones I've had, but with plant medicine. Were you licking the moon, or? Huh? Were you licking the moon? I was licking the moon, yeah. man, yeah. And when we're driving back home, I said, what in the hell was that? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, but I know that um, I'm not gonna be the same ever again. I go, I know. So I went home and I told my parents that I had to leave, that I wasn't gonna be alive. If I stayed in Las Vegas and I couldn't get rid of my peers, I go, I don't know if I'm strong enough to say, goodbye to everyone and stay here. I go, I have to go. So that's when I moved to LA. And right when I crossed over state line, um, I was able to find myself again, immediately, almost immediately. And I was just excited about this new journey. And I knew that I wasn't happy and that I was gonna somehow happiness was waiting for me there. And it was through acting that I was able to find my self-esteem all over again, man. Things I was good at, people confirming what I already knew and all that beautifulness to a building block for a strong person. But then it's pretty amazing how plants have kept, continued to bring me in. Health food has always brought me in. Even when I was younger, the first book that I ever read from front to back was a book that my mom had lying around. She was on a diet, it was called Fit for Life. And I was just completely enamored by the fact of food combinations, everything else. I have really don't even know why. It just caught my attention. And when I, and now that I'm on this journey with plants and now leaving to Peru with somebody that was just on your show, your last podcast, which is Brandon Collinsworth, Brandon Collinsworth, um, it's incredible the people that are on these same journeys and we all feel like almost like transformers. One's the leg, one's the arm, one's the head. And everybody coming together for this divine purpose of not only for ourselves, it's not like we're these selfless individuals. Like for instance, um, when we talk about going into the schools with the kids, I hear all the time like, man, Shane, you're so busy. How do you even find time to do that? That is so selfless of you. And I go, dude, I go, it's the most selfish thing I've ever done in my entire life. What they give me in return is far more than I ever give them. And it's the same thing with this Thanksgiving thing. It's the seven years that I'll be without my parents for Thanksgiving because it's a big event that I have devoted myself to. And um, it's not giving, it's receiving is the way that I receive, is the way I look at it. We always measure everything out, pleasure versus pain. And, um, is, and even if it's like somebody not living in immediate gratification and they find the pleasure of the long-term pleasure that can come from not making certain decisions or doing certain things, we always weigh it out, pleasure versus pain. Mm -hmm. And throughout my life, I've learned the tool of self-love, which has given me the pleasure to find the most magnificent gifts I can give myself in this world. And it always goes back to other people, to community, to health and wellness, to these other healing modalities, sound healing, um, plant healing, and it's, it's incredible. Man, <laughs> you told me, when I, when I asked to, uh, for you to unpack your journey, you completely... Uh, unpack the journey. <laughs> man, you're, you're, <laughs> you're true, man. Um, you, I mean, that's, that, first of all, thank you for sharing, you know, your, your, your highlights of your life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it seems like, you know, a big, a big part of you is, or I guess I would, I would kind of 
I mean, I don't know. I would say that you're, you're when you're devoted to something, right? Or when you're like totally in something, a hundred percent. That's when you mostly feel alive. Yeah. And I think that feeling of alive is what really excites you. And wherever you can go, where that platform or that space or that environment is going to make you feel that way, that's where you want to be, right? Right. So it might it might take you from one spot to another, or one business to the next, or whatever. But that's really what it, what excites you. Absolutely. And I think what it excites a lot of entrepreneurs and um, and athletes and and, and people really um, just trying to expand their their being and themselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you've been doing a lot of expansion within. I have. Right? So can you tell us about that story? Like, what's really um, no. taking you um, internally? Because, uh, you know, your story seems like, you know, filmmaking, um, giving, you know, a lot to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of um, external interactions, right, mm-hmm. with the world and with other humans. Um, what have you been doing inside of you? Yeah. So, I mentioned before. Um, and I knew it would be relevant later on to this conversation that uh, I grew up uh, with a family that came from a Mormon background. So God and religion has always, even though it hasn't been a weekly practice ritual in my household, it's always been something that's been referenced to. And it's always been the biggest question on my mind, like what is this all about? And I definitely have never subscribed to there being nothing and we turn into soil. I've never felt that, or probably just never wanted to feel that. But there was a time about two and a half years ago and I was cleaning up my juice bar and this gentleman walked in with these two other guys. And at this time I know I said, these hippies on the rocks in Sedona, sure. now, I'm, now I'm one of them. Yeah. But when they walked in and I could smell the patchouli and the bracelets and things that I wear, and I'm like, what's up brothers, how you guys doing? And they said, you know, and I said, I'm so sorry we're closed. And like, man, we drove all the way down here from LA. We have this thing we're doing here, but we would love if you could just give us a drink. Man, we were so excited. We just missed it. And I said, absolutely, man. I was like, please get out. Whatever these guys want, we'll make you guys a drink. So when they left, um, I was still cleaning up. And I got a phone call um, from a, a, a buddy of mine, not really that great of a friend at the time, that now he's a brother uh, to me, a soul brother, but he said, Shane, he goes, what are you doing right now? And I said, I'm cleaning my juice bar, what's going on? He goes, have you ever heard of ayahuasca? And I said, dude, have I heard of ayahuasca? I, this stuff has been calling me to, forever. And I go, but I just need to find the time to go to Peru or, or Brazil and try this stuff. And he goes, well, he goes, your time's right now. He goes, you have one hour to get here. And I go, what about the diet? Don't I have to get ready for this stuff? And I go, this is a crazy. And he goes, dude, do you know what's even crazier? He goes, our shaman walked in with the grassroots cup. And he said, I want the gentleman who served me this drink to come here. Does anyone know him? Get out of here. Yeah. So I went in there and I sat down. And right next to me was my brother, Brandon Collinsworth. And he and I at the time were not, uh, we're acquaintances. We're sure, the greatest yeah, yeah. friends. And it was but I always heard about him because he and I are very vocal in the community and with our ideas and our purpose. And for my first experience to be sitting down there next to him was pretty amazing. And um, at this point, um, I've never, since my time with um, mushrooms, I've never looked at uh, those as drugs at all. I understand that they are a beautiful divine medicine and are supposed to be taken with only the best intention with right relation. And um, so I've never used them recreationally ever since. So this particular one, uh, I had all the hopes of what I was to learn. And as I was driving there, I could feel my palms getting sweaty. And 
I was kind of nervous what was going to come up because I've read and I had so much knowledge about it already. And I knew the experiences that other people went through. I knew all the vomiting and purging that would occur by taking this stuff. And I was a little set off by that. But I called my girlfriend at the time that I was with and I go, and I go, I'm going to be not coming home tonight. And she goes, where are you going? I said, I'm going to a ceremony. And she goes, holy shit. She goes, I can't believe it. I go, I can't either. This is amazing. So I get there and everyone's dressed in ceremonial white. The hippies that walked in looked as cool as you can possibly imagine. The front of the room was set up like an altar with all these feathers and smoking incense and crystals and objects I've never seen before that looked sacred that were set up and uh, on, on their altar. And tools like didgeridoos and pipes and flutes and hape pipes, which are these tools where you administer another type of medicine through the nose, were sitting there. My mind was just completely blown. So before we started, um, the gentleman who was the facilitator um, some people call them a shaman, but they would never call themselves a shaman. They are facilitators. There's very few shamans left in the world today. And so people who do this Western work call themselves facilitators respectfully so. But um, he described what the medicine was and what we were about to go through. And when it happened, it started coming on, feeling, um, feeling numb in the body, a little anxious about what was about to come, but the music started kicking in. And um, I'm doing a documentary about the music right now. Okay. The music is one of the most incredible aspects of, like you've heard of sound healing and frequencies that resonate with heart frequency or love frequency. or um, So the music ended up being one of the greatest tools as we were going through this medicine. Like if you and I were to go to Red Rock right now and do ayahuasca and play some Guns N' Roses or whatever, the, the experience would be missed sure. for the most part. So it's all about taking people through the work of shadow work up to the light, down back into the darkness, through the words that resonate with the experience that's happening in the moment. They choose songs quite um, strategically based on where we're at along the journey that works incredible. But once the music started kicking in, um, quite similar to taking mushrooms, uh, you felt this incredible connection with the universe and yourself. But then it took me to a space that I could never possibly describe over a podcast. It's something that you could only really feel and, 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 and the way it's even communicated to you is with visions and feeling. It's not worth like direct dialogue. Sure. And I realized that everything that I knew about myself um, that, I was, that I have not let go of was not allowing me to shine as good as I could have, even though I felt like in my heart I was making these amazing strides and I could pat myself egotistically on my back for finally having my own business and now I'm the guy and here's my employees and I mean there was that element that was taking place. Um, it took me through a self-healing torture chamber of things that I had done to people, a laundry list of people I need to say I was sorry to, whippings that were like so unbearable to have to face face to face they say that the best way I could describe it is I heard one time that um, the definition of hell is when you die and you're greeted by the person that you could have been so that's what ayahuasca is ayahuasca is really you get to see meet your higher self face to face and then there's you there's the person with the fear the self doubt the lack of self love the um, the, uh, the person that keeps on selling themselves short I can't do it the little person inside and then there's only one thing you can do when you meet that higher person. And that's to grab a bucket and go, Rrr! and that's where Persian comes from. 
purging comes from not having a nauseous feeling from ayahuasca. If once you really start to work with the medicine, some people that have just experienced for the first time might uh, attach it to that, but that's not what it is. It's this moving energy through your body and you almost feel like uh, a champagne bottle. It's been shooken up that just needs to pop. And after that, it was just like me learning about fruits and vegetables for the first time. It wasn't anything different. When I first heard about fruits and vegetables and these alternative healing clinics and meeting that lady who told me how I helped her out without even knowing that I was doing so, um, I realized that um, my journey wasn't just with feeding people with plants that can help their, their body, but also now teaching people that plants are our allies and they are our greatest teachers and they are our greatest healers. And we need to, and it pulled me back down from the idea of organized religion, which I was kind of moving away from that anyway, just from more meditation and Zen and Buddhism and things like that, but to this beautiful planet that we live on, this mother that we exist, that we kind of take our focus off and always put it up into the sky and take our experience away from here and now and put it up to there later. And it changed the course of my life after that. I was able to I've gone back lots and lots of times. I also help do guardianship now. So, um, you know, all these are done legally in, spot, in places of the world where ayahuasca is acceptable and where, you, and where we, nobody can get in trouble for doing so. And um, it taught me the, the act of being truly selfless, not just for the ego purpose of this is going to help build up my resume or this is going to do this. Like, it just shedding all the layers. Um, helped my relationship with my father tremendously. My father was a workaholic and um, always had that resentment. Didn't know I had it, but when he lost all of his money in 2008, um, lost almost all of it, him being a workaholic didn't work out anymore because where's all the toys, where's all the stuff that you were giving us? Now you're taking this time away from us and now you're still not here as a father. But Abel to completely forgive that, sit down one-on-one -on -one with him and completely have this clarity and share that with him. Um, it's helped me out with um, my journey with plants and why we're all healers and being able to tap into that healer energy and to see all the beauty in the world that exists today. Some people say that this is hell on earth and I totally believe that for some people. I believe that you are a direct product of your environment internally and what we feel inside we see outside. And so as I began to truly go through this spiritual work the world as I saw it no longer existed anymore and this heaven started to rise from the surface. And they say that when you act like an angel, you see angels. And the angels I see are the people that have been here this whole entire time. They're the people that um, have been doing the work, that have come out of the woodworks in my eyes, that, um, from, that uh, have been here holding space, waiting for people with their alignment to show up. And unfortunately, what also has happened not because I don't think they're at my level and they don't deserve me, but they say that you vibe with your tribe. And so all my old friends, even the new friends I were making, were all beginning to disappear. And I know for a lot of them, they feel like, you know, Shane um, is too good for us now. Now he's this health and wellness guy, but that's not at all. That I can't have conversations that we were having before. I can't hang out at some of the places that don't resonate with it anymore. And so now I did a funny thing on my... Uh, a little video the other day, I went to this drum circle and someone caught a video of me hitting the drums and dancing around and sent it to me. And they said, in case you're wondering what my Saturday afternoon bottomless mimosas brunch has been replaced with, you know, this is it. And um, I, Jim Carrey uh, is kind of going through this incredible transformation right now in his life. And people are kind of 
brushing him under the rug saying, you know, this dude's lost his mind. But I believe that for people that are going through this awakening process, we see him because we're all going through the same thing. He just happens to be a celebrity that has the limelight as he's going through his journey. And he said something really profound that resonates with me completely. And he said, um, once you realize that you're part of the whole and you feel that true connection, everything on this, in this lifetime becomes play. He goes, we're just children having fun in the sandbox. And it works, that, that works for me. I don't feel like that, uh, I, even as I was going through this process of awakening, I started tapping into the conspiracy theories of chemtrails and fluoride in the water and um, underground secret governments and uh, just political control, mind control, Cornelius, uh, what is the the food control using pesticides everything and I was like no this is terrible this is fights with my dad all the time this has got to stop and then I realized after the awakening real awakening started to occur that my only ex ex struggle wasn't with the uh, Illuminati the Illuminati is me the Illuminati is the struggle with myself and so by releasing myself from all the craziness from all the news from all the external sources and it doesn't mean I don't give a shit anymore because you know the um Gandhi said it the best. He goes, be the change that you want to see in the world. And being that change doesn't mean that you have to be an activist standing on the corner screaming, this is the way that it's supposed to be. You just start living it. And I do believe um, that is the most efficient way. That if, imagine watching a, a rock concert and you're watching your favorite band doing like we just said, I just saw Slash doing a guitar solo the other night in here in Las Vegas, which was amazing but um, taking me back to my childhood. But imagine a guy coming in with a cross on his back and saying with a blow, with a blow horn, going, choose Jesus Christ, choose Jesus Christ today. This is the devil music. This is, music's wrong. We're all going to hell. You wouldn't hear this message, which is so beautiful to him that he's trying to convey to the audience. Like, just wants everyone to get to heaven. Thank you, man. What a beautiful message, thank you. But you're standing in front of my fucking rock concert, bro. Could you please move? You stop hearing the message. And that's what happens with animal rights activists, any kind of activism, really. And so I think the hardest thing for people to do, really, is to take ownership of what they need to heal. And once you take full ownership of yourself, that's when, be that's when people get to see you resonate, you become the ripple effect and the change in the world. How are you delivering your message today? I deliver my message by... Um, or what events. is your message? My events is, my message is to find your passion, turn your passion into purpose, and then let it kill you. And because I believe from a quote, I don't know who said it, but it's better to be killed by a lover, like passion, than anything else. And so um, working... Like Jim Carrey said, it should be fun. It should be something that resonates with you, something that you love doing. And even if it's staying at home and being an artist. I mean, imagine when someone gets to see your work and tap into their inner child and remind them to be creative again. They're doing the same thing. I don't think you have to be a loud, vocal person. I believe 100% that social media is one of the most beautiful tools that exist today. It just depends how you use it. Like anything in life, regardless, even if it's water, you can have too much of anything. And if you lose that balance, then um, anything could become unhealthy. But I think to have that outreach, to be able to share a message, to be able to share what you're doing and inspire people has been one of my greatest tools and, um, and has directly told me so by how people receive me. And um, I just did a post um, five days ago 
and I said Shane is in a new relationship with himself and I said self-love is the new relationship goal and um, it just resonates with so many people um, it's such a crazy crazy concept to when you really dive into it self-love is what it's all about self-love I believe if we all turn to our own hearts and at the same time said I love you I believe that the oceans would heal themselves that they, there would be no more factory farming that the world would begin to transform but it's because of us that can't see the love within ourselves how do we love anything outside of ourselves and um, and I believe that the way marriages fall apart the way that they do because you can't fall in love with somebody else if you can't fall in love with yourself first and I believe that's why there's so many children that are going through so many hard times is because when you have a parent that's wrapped up in yourself and you have a parent that says don't do as I uh, do as I say don't do as I do it, it, it doesn't really work for building a strong evolution of a human being taking on the best of their parents and moving on to it's just small incremental advancements but um, I think obviously things are changing um, I do subscribe to this global awakening that's taking place. I do believe that there's people that are jumping on the front of the roller coaster, taking the ride for everyone else as other people are watching from the side, watching it take place. And I always encourage everybody to jump on the roller coaster and be a part of it, be a part of the expansion instead of watching it from the sidelines. And which is what you do, which is so beautiful. You know, you really know how to pick the, I mean, I know that you're within that same alignment because I've seen people on your show. You you pick people that resonate with me already, and every time I see them on your show, it's like, the dude knows how to pick them, man. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on it, but um, yeah. So what you, it was kind of interesting what you're, you were, when you mentioned that um, some people are driving the roller coaster and other people are watching, right? Yeah. And that kind of um, correlates to like sports nowadays, where people are playing um, at the Lakers stadium. And while you're watching on TV or you're in the stadium, you can see some sort of analytics, right? Some mm -hmm. data and metrics. Um, what would what would you be, or what would be the metrics and the analytics that you would like to share with people around you that are watching, that are kind of interested yeah. in, in in to get there in your, in your journey? They're yeah. they're interested in, in characteristics about um, not only who you are but um, your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. I use this as a reference all the time. Um, just the other day, one of my employees down there was like, he's like, you know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. He goes, I have all these ideas that uh, of what I want to be. And he goes, I want to be, and he's like, he's a personal trainer, he has a beautiful body. He goes, I want to build like the biggest, he goes, and I go, do you have any big dreams that you'd like to share with me? He goes, yeah, he goes, I want to build the biggest sports center ever, like a Disneyland. I go, okay, I go, listen, we all have dreams, but we have a different means of realizing our dreams. I go, let's just take one step at a time here. I go, first of all, what's part of your daily practice that you do? And I go, because if you want to get to that, you're gonna have to be a gold, you're gonna have to be like an Olympic trainer going for the gold medal. That, I go, these, just because you have an idea, doesn't mean that idea is gonna come to you. I know a lot of people really love the idea of the secret and the law of attraction. And I do believe to a very small degree that that is the case that you, what you think about, you can become to actually, uh, very little in a lot of sense, but I don't think that you can sit on the sidelines and wish for a red bike to show up on your front door and the red bike is going to show up on your front door. That you have to start making strides and moving towards getting that bike and eventually maybe you will most likely get that bike. But um, really looking at yourself, first of all, realizing that everybody internally knows that they can do better. 
that they can be better. We all have That's this crazy, idea. right? Yeah. You we, think think about it though. Like literally, everyone in this building yeah. has some a voice or something inside of them, mm-hmm. right? That's something you can do better, but not not necessarily like in a monetary way, right? Yeah. Just be a better human being. Yeah. Right. And they know innately. They they know what it is, what it means to be a human, a better human being. Mm-hmm. What is that barrier that's stopping them? Then? Yeah. So what the, is that? I know what it is. What the is the barrier that's stopping them? Is I think of it like a bank account that we you have the option to deposit or take money out. Right. We take and we take and we take and we take without putting any emotional deposits into our account. That, like if I want to hike Mount Kilimanjaro without any training, without, without any work on my lungs and other things that it would take to get all the way up to the top of this mountain, I can't just walk to the mountain and climb all the way up without doing the work first. That I don't think that people allow themselves to make mistakes good enough. I think it's okay to say, I'm going to do a to-do list. I'm going to meditate every day. I'm going to start doing yoga. But what happens is when we skip it or we miss a week and we go back into our old way, we kind of close the book on what we know what we should be doing and we go back into our old cycles. Well, it's like, it's that book that you started reading and you close it because, yeah. you know, and then you never opened it up again. Yeah. Right? And then you have to open it up again. Yeah. And, and you have to give yourself the room and credit and know that it's okay to make mistakes and you have to slowly but surely start making enough emotional deposits where you start believing in yourself that I can do this and it's a slow progression it's like it was like me with alcohol like I um, two years December 1st it will be since I've last had a drink but prior to that awesome brother yeah thank you prior to that it was um saying I'm not going to drink anymore coming back with a hangover I'm not going to drink anymore that's it I'm totally done and then next weekend hey it's my friend's birthday you want to come we have open bar blah 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 okay I'll be there I'm doing it putting the drink down going God why am I doing this again I told myself this was going to stop and I'm feeling little light and it's what we tell ourselves too I'm weak I don't have any self-control I don't have what it takes I think that verbiage and what we in our communication to our direct self is a major major part of it and that is depleting our bank account, depleting it so we have nothing left. So we can't go in and start listening again. So first and foremost, you need to have a daily practice. You need to realize that when you wake up in the morning, if you go to the same routine, you check your cell phone first thing in the morning, you pour yourself a cup of coffee and you're on your way to work, that that is not the best way to set up your day. The best way to set up your day is with intention. To wake up, I think meditation is super important, but if it's not meditation, I think it's really good to sit there with yourself with affirmations and really spend some time for everything you're grateful for. Remind yourself, because I do believe that, and scientifically we also believe that we are made up of energy and water and we're mostly all empty space and it's all about increasing that vibration and that's what food is all about, eating within your vibrational field. And um, Have you heard of the hidden messages in water? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, yeah. I actually went to a place um, just recently um, where they were playing music around the tank of the water, changing the molecular structure just with sounds and everything else. It was incredible. Water is amazing. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Your thoughts, you're, you're increasing the vibrational molecular structure Absolutely. of the water, of the energy in your body by allowing, reminding yourself of all the beautiful things you're grateful for. And then that's where manifestation comes in. You hit that peak of 
complete gratitude. Okay, I'm thankful for this. And you start from the inside out. I'm so grateful for my self-esteem. I'm so grateful that I have my hair. I'm so grateful for my smile. I'm so grateful for my gift of gab. I'm so grateful for my restaurant. I'm so grateful. And then I'm so grateful for my dad, my best friend, reminding yourself not, I, I wish my dad would have been better. I wish that, I'm so grateful that he was there for me. I wish I'm so grateful I provided. And then you work all your way down the whole, the whole thing. And then all of a sudden you're and you go, Thank you, God, or I am so grateful for the success of my restaurant. Thank you for all the people I got to teach along the way. I'm so grateful for this continued growth and expansion of consciousness. I'm so grateful for the places I got to travel to and see the world as if it's already happened. And then you start seeing it and believing it every single day because you know what we, our minds just become, if you have a great imagination, could be as real as anything else. And then you start your day on this absolute beautiful platform to walk on. And um, and, well, and then and then you just start being grateful for like the, the small little details, right? At, at a very micro level. I mean, that, I'm sure you've you've experienced that. I'm like, so glad you said Mushrooms that. or whatever, no. right? Because every single little thing around you is magical, yeah. and you start seeing it. Absolutely, yeah. and I'm glad you said that because I almost missed it. So thank you for bringing it back. Because what happens when you have a practice of every day being grateful for something? You don't say the same thing every single day. Your new things start rising from the surface, and you go, "I am," and that's when the goosebumps start. You're like, coming. "Oh, there's a bird. I love oh, a yeah. bird." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but being grateful for the smallest things in life start coming about, and um, you're right. That's when complete understanding and belief begins to settle in that you are, because it's all about belief. You can say whatever you want, but until you believe it, yeah. it doesn't actually work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've been talking a lot about uh, self-love, right, and love, and actually with Brandon, uh, we were, <laughs> I was talking to him about, like, you know, there's, like, happiness GDPs, you know, and, like, um, well, we all know the economic GDP. Um, the, I was like, you know, is there an, a GDP for love, you know, and, and like, how can we, um, you know, should we even look at love in in an economical way, you know, um, or is is love, you know, infinite? And and what what is love? I mean, everything we've talked about here centers around what you have on your sweater right now, which is a which is a heart, which is love, right? Um, what are your thoughts around that? I mean, like yeah. you know, just love itself. Yeah, I think um, we are not our names. We are not our jobs. A tree is not a tree. A bird is not a bird these names that we give them. Um, when you are able to detach yourself from labels, which is something I would like to talk about as well, which is a big part of my journey, but when you're able to detach yourself from labels, you can see it as something else. The way that I see love only, is I, it's an easy way to describe it, but it's only it's a vibration, it's a frequency. Mm -hmm. And I see it as this meter that's constantly like this. And either we go into autopilot and the meter starts to go like this, if we put ourselves in full focus and attention and awareness and the meter can go like this and stay like this when the meter is all the way in the highest vibrational love as of part it allows us to economically or anything make decisions that could better the world all around um, when it comes to what we choose to do for a living what we what are what our purposes what our goals are what our relationships are like with our children because love, when you're like this, comes from a place of complete understanding, selflessness. And so if we had, even if in a corporate world, everything, capitalism, everything could stay exactly the same. I don't think it would have to change too much. And I believe if we all came from this place of love, the, it wouldn't be let's grow at any expense of the world. 
let's grow on the expense of the connection with everybody. And I think money is a beautiful thing. I think money is an exchange of energy. I don't think there's anything wrong with making money. I think that the hardest thing for people to understand is they're going into the spiritual journey is how do I keep myself in line and keep money a big part of it. Like I'm doing this thing here, this sound healing thing. They go, oh, we never make any money doing this. And I go, but you guys all had to get in one car to come over here. And I go, why not charge 20 bucks at the door? I'm sure somebody would be very happy to have $20 for you to share their gifts with them. And um, I th just think love is the highest frequency. It's the, I feel it. It's nothing that, uh, that we need to get r rid of the hallmark image of love on a card and two birds loving each other with a little heart in between them. Like if you really just want to tap in to the meaning of it, it's this high vibrational field that we need to keep ourselves in and make sure that's why stress is so beautiful. Stress, anxiety, these are one of our greatest gifts and people choose to sit in stress and choose to sit in that space of anxiety without ever calling to attention what is bringing up this emotion to remind myself, a tap on the shoulder, hey, you need to go back up. And, um, and that's something I've gotten. That was pretty rad, I like that. Yeah. That was, uh, a lot of people sit in anxiety and stress, for sure. They do. They find they actually feel comfortable there. Yeah. Yeah, they, they feel at home. It's there. happened to me, for sure. Yeah. I know, I've gone me through too. that. Me too. Yeah. Um, man, I, I was just gonna ask you something about, um, you know, if you could share and leave an emotion or something, one, one thing with your daughter, what would it be? Okay. What would you want to teach her? So, this is awesome. What did you ask me to do? You're good. You're good. So, uh, and I, and I did leave her out. I was talking about all my um, all the things I have done, but I guess it's something I have done too. But recently, one year, December first, um, my daughter, or December fifth, she will be one years old. Um, by far, the greatest learning lesson I have ever ever experienced, more than ayahuasca has ever taught me. It's the <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing ever. And so. Uh -huh. This is a message I have to all parents out there that, that are about to become parents or if you have children is don't think of yourself as the mother or the father. What is this? Um, some plants. Yeah. Yeah? Is this essential oils? Yeah. Okay. Has um, a, lot of, a lot of organic stuff. Did you make it? No, a friend of mine did. Okay. Brings good triggers. Ah, I'm all about the essential oil. It, it was a good moment to, to bring it out. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, don't think of yourself as the teacher. Don't think of yourself as the mother, mother or the father. Remember that we are all connected. We came from the unmanifested to the manifested. We all came from the same place, and we're all going to the same place. That your children, children don't come from you, but they come through you. And it is my greatest awareness to, for my own realization, my own personal growth with my daughter, that she's not only, uh, that she is my divine sister that has come down to this planet to show me life's greatest lesson. And so I'm, I'm sitting there with her in a space of being, playing close, close attention of what this major, major life lesson I almost missed out on is. And from that perspective, when I, before having that perspective, and I did learn this perspective through doing plant medicine, is that um, instead of me trying to figure out where I need to improve myself, like 
you know, I don't want to see my daughter in a messy house. I'm going to start cleaning up. I should start flossing more. I mean, I would hate to teach her not to floss. That'd be terrible. Uh, I need to go back to school and remind myself of all these things I forgot about because I need to help her with her homework to take a breath and take a step back and realize that I'm perfect as I am and that I'm not here just to teach her, that she is my teacher as well. And from that life lesson that I've given myself, I have had the most exponential growth that I've ever possibly could receive. And what ended up happening when she came out is that this door opened up this brand new door of all these life lessons and where I felt like it was getting tighter and tighter and tighter and I was like you know there's always better I could do I always do better in relationships I always do better consciously with my work but what else do I do beyond this and now there's taking our whole thing is trying to remove ourselves as much as we can Mm -hmm. from ego I think Mm -hmm. it's good to have one foot in and one foot out but even with my restaurant coming to work every day when I'm so tired. I don't feel like I can even get out of my foot out of bed. I'm so exhausted. I remember my daughter. And I remember that I'm not just doing this for me anymore, but I'm doing this for her. And it, it has brought this new life force to me that I never had before. And it has made me so much more alive, it has made me so much more present. I've never been in love with somebody before where I could just look at them and tears start coming out of my eyes just because I'm so in love, I can't even believe it. But then I realize that was she the, one of the greatest lessons she's taught me so far is that that is a special relationship. I love her because she came from me and I should learn as best as I can to learn all my brothers and sisters with the same divine love that I have with my daughter because they all came from the exact same place. So she has opened this new goal of love that I'm trying to really sit with and trying to achieve. And I do it with with that practice, it's crazy. People see me look at them, even when I see you, I'm like, what's up brother? My eyes, I'm saying, I mean, in my mouth, I'm saying hello with my heart. When as I'm saying goodbye, I'm telling you I love you and giving you that exchange and really, because I want to believe it. I want to believe that we're all connected on that level, even with the worst person that could ever come in here and try to ruin my day, just to send them that love and energy. And because from that experience, that frequency that I'm talking about is like breaking the Richter scale. It's like, and I'm trying to snap that thing right off. And you know, that's my goal, man. That's it. It sounds like um, you're, you're so aware or you're in tune with your daughter that um, you're listening to what she's telling you telepathically or anything. Yeah. I mean, not through words because maybe she can't speak yet. No, she's getting um, But she's definitely communicating. Yeah. Right? Do you have it's children? It's to think, man. No. Yeah? Um, I've had a dream with, uh-huh. um, with my daughter, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's coming soon, yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. gonna love it, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, because uh, she's she's at the age, her mom says that, uh, which we're no longer together anymore, but um, she says that there's no point for you to take her outside. She doesn't get it yet, but she does get it. Like, she gets it in such a way that she makes me get it even more, where I can sit her on a blade of, blades of grass. And instead of just sitting on the grass and waiting for a toy to come, she picks up each blade of grass and looks at it and can look at right. it forever. Like she's or, tripping face. Like like, she's uh, tripping right. out. On, right. I mean, exactly. that, but that's that childish that yeah. bringing it back to oh, celebrity dude, Jim Carrey, that, right? I love it. just loops it back yeah. exactly to to that when you're totally just into those details and into those magical things, man. Wow. You know, and then realizing, she's realizing that that blade of grass is alive. Right. You know, she's uh, t- getting aligned with the blade of grass, you know? I, I was talking to Brandon. That is so good. I was like, yo, like, you're, you're going to Red Rock, you know, a lot. And 
um, I ride through there all the time, and I talk to the rocks, dude. Everyone looks at rocks and they're like, the rocks are dead. No way. Yeah, you're definitely... I'm not a geologist, but, you know, there are minerals in those rocks, and those rocks are alive, yeah. man, and they're, they're telling us a lot of stuff. Those rocks, because of those rocks, the reason I, I decided to stay in Vegas, really, is because those, those, that part of nature was there. Yeah. You know, or else I probably would have come back to Peru or whatever, where mm -hmm. I was. But is that where you're uh, from? I am from Peru. And, I did not know and, that. But I grew up in Florida, okay. in Orlando. Um, and then after, I did my postgrad in, in Peru. So okay. I, I was living there for like three years before I came, came here to Vegas. I came here to visit my mom. She was out here. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up staying, yeah. But yeah, so you're going to Peru soon, man. I know. Are you I'm stoked excited. or what? I'm very excited. It's been a long time coming. Um, Have you been south of, uh, south of the equator? I've been to Honduras. Okay. Yeah. I've never been to Peru. I've never been in routes in South America, but um, it's definitely uh, a place that has been calling me for some time. Uh, it's very hard for me to go at this moment because of this restaurant, but I'm just throwing all caution to the wind and trusting yeah. in the process. Um, I'm bringing a documentary film crew out there, so even though we're going there with uh, for Brandon Collinsworth and, uh, and Warrior Retreat, yeah. which is the number one reason why I'm going, but I just started along with my friend, um, Adan Van Dan, Another filmmaker, we have started this uh, TV series called The Modern Shaman. And Modern Shaman are these just medicine, modern medicine workers. And we just shot something last week in LA on medicine music and how medicine music is becoming um, a new frequency of medicine that people can tap into. Yeah. And now, um, and this next episode is going to be how westernized, uh, how um, it's called the Eagle Condor. The condor represents the indigenous world and the medicine in the, in the Amazon. The, the eagle represents the Western world and technology. And it was prophesied year, thousands of years ago that the eagle and the condor would come together. And it's pretty amazing how I know that when people go to Peru and they go and sit in the jungle, just being in the jungle alone is enough for them to get scared to not be fully into the journey of medicine and healing. Sure. Watching these insects crawl over you as you're going through the medicine, you're going into these grass huts, people with ratters going, hey, ayahuasca, hey, ayahuasca. But you have these new shamans that are evolving, that also study in the jungle, real, authentic, amazing healers that are taking these indigenous tools and writing music that we can understand in our language that resonates, opens up the heart, and doing it and becoming a part of this ancient prophecy of bringing the medicine over here to the Western world. And they said it would be the time when technology has finally caught up to where the medicine and the ideas can spread like wildfire. A lot of people believe it's because of the internet of, that allows us this open communication to share with everybody this transformational process. It's all about connecting for all us. You know, they say that you can have you can have a lot more um, you can contribute a lot more to the world if you would come on down from the Himalayan mountains take what you've learned and integrate that into culture and our society as opposed to keep it up there for yourself and um, the internet really allows us to do that and so anyway yeah I'm gonna do that man we're gonna go into the jungle we're gonna go sit with Diego who is like the godfather of these shamans there's two big ones left in the world Carioca in Brazil and Diego at the um, in Sacred Valley and for what I understand he's dying unfortunately but he old age he has cancer he lives an amazing life of waking people up and, and as a healer 
but this is his last run full moon ceremony in Sacred Valley. So we have the cameras there, and then we're going into the jungle. We're going to be brewing ayahuasca, um, taking people, I mean, especially with my Instagram and my Facebook and everyone, I'm not shy about any of it. I'm taking everyone through the whole entire journey. That's wild, man. Yeah, I'm excited, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Amazon is a, another monster. I mean, it's a whole other, uh, you know, ecosystem. I mean, within the Amazon, there's all these other micro um, environments, you know. Uh, so, yeah, you'll definitely be in another planet for sure. So you're going to be doing the, the Amazon and also um, the Andes. You're going to be in both. Yep, doing both. Both uh, climates. Yep. Yeah, going early to do the Amazon and then meeting up as everyone shows up and being a part of the warrior retreat right on and really documenting what brandon's doing and i mean brandon is also a modern shaman he probably would never call himself that in a million years but by him taking on the role of bringing people down there and mm -hmm. using his athletic platform to do so and he's like you know we're going to get out there we're going to run up the mountains we're going to exercise every single day but he's really introducing him as one of the strongest spiritual vortexes and the planet and and helping them build a relationship with this beautiful earth yeah is really what it's all about yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah man as soon as you as soon as you get off that plane you're going to start start to feel a lot of stuff even in lima you know which is a pretty cluster of a city um, crazy crazy city but um, you'll you'll still feel it you'll still feel it i can only imagine i just went to um, sedona arizona again and um, the first time i went i told you i couldn't feel anything but now i've definitely tapped into my own energetic field walking on these vortexes you can feel the energy coming up to your feet all through your body i hear people around me going these vortexes are such a load of crap there's nothing to them but i get it there are two here they're not enough here and once you're tapped into here just like you with the rocks it's so funny dude exactly you know i don't find it crazy at all what you said about the communication that you have with what people would assume is dead but going into seeing ghosts never saw a ghost but in this restaurant i had three people come to me and tell me there's a ghost here and it was enough to catch my attention to where i brought somebody down here who said that they could see ghosts and whatever and i said you know is there anything up here and i didn't tell her that she was coming here to see a ghost sure and she said no she goes hey, when i brought her up here i said what do you think about doing your psychic work up here in the corner on these chairs and really what i'm saying in my mind is you see a ghost out there. right right she was like nah she doesn't really resonate with me she goes i'd rather do it downstairs I turn off the lights to the restaurant and she goes uh-oh and i go what and she goes somebody has a visitor and I go, you have got to be kidding me. And I freaked out. She goes, don't worry about it. She goes, he's not a bad ghost. She goes, he's a good ghost. And she goes, he, she goes, that she could describe everything. He looked at it and everything, like exactly what he looked like. So anyway, um, I said, so what is that? And she goes, it's what your mind perceives it to be. She goes, there's vibration, everything's alive. Everything has their own vibrational frequency. You can see ghosts and everything if you wanted to. It's what you allow your heart and your mind to take you to. And she goes, I don't know why I see people in the way that I do. She goes, but I can also see it in rocks. I can see it in, 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 in inanimate objects. I can see it everywhere. She goes, your mirror in your house is very much alive as the thing that I'm looking at right there. She goes, it's all vibra vibrational energy. It's all alive. So it's really about getting into that. I guess that state of mind is like you're in. You're so connected with nature. You've made it such a part of your therapy. Like for, for me, the red rock has become my ocean. I used to love living in LA and really tapping out and sitting exactly. by the ocean. Now Red Rock's my ocean, and I get the exact same fulfillment when I when I get up there. I lose myself in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the, um, the 
learnings from your biggest challenges that you've had in the past five years? Um, my, my greatest learning is really just asking myself, is what I'm doing right now going to get me where I want to be tomorrow? And really staying focused on that thought process all the time. Um, and that's with the relationships I've been in, um, where, when I choose to check my social media, when I choose to, how much time I choose to spend at work, pick up a book, all of it, is that constant question, if I love myself, is this what I would be doing right now at this moment? This, I mean, honestly, that ties in, that's why I said the subject of self-love is so vast, because it ties into everything that there possibly is. You can't give me one thing that doesn't tie into, for, for better yourself, self-improvement, that doesn't tie into self-love. And um, so within the fact, so every single year has been a small, gradual learning process. But the biggest one that I've had exponentially was the awareness. I even did a ceremony around it. I just was a beautiful friend of mine, got into a relationship with her just recently after my last relationship, after the mother of my child ended up leaving my house, allowed myself some space to heal, got into a new relationship. As soon as I got into it, I saw, it, my, saw all my ritual, all my patterns, all my, my practice being kind of removed from me because I would wake up next to her, we started going to the movies, Netflix and chill, eating popcorn and all that stuff. And I said, you know what? I go, I can't do this. I go, I'm losing everything that I've, I've gained. And I go, I'm not ready to even for you to give you exactly what it is that you need, that I need to dive so much deeper in this self-love thing. And I go, I'm going to release you as a relationship, as a girlfriend, but I love you as my friend, just the same. And that's when I did that post, but I did a ritual for myself that next morning. I sat in front of my own altar where I meditate every morning and I burned some sage and I did it all around myself and I put a mirror in front of me. And I said, and, and I basically asked myself out and I said, Shane, I'm 39 years of being drunk with ego. I have never really looked at you the way that I'm seeing you now. And I'm asking you to go out with me. I will take you to the mountains. I'm gonna take you to all the greatest things. We're gonna read, we're gonna read all the greatest books. And a tear started to come from my eyes because I was looking, as I was looking at myself and seeing myself look back at me, I saw this, something I've never done before. I've never actually just looked at myself in a way that was as real and authentic as I look at another person as my own daughter and say, I love you. And it was very powerful. And ever since then, um, I've been going through some pretty amazing growth spurts that it happens on a you know a daily basis, and because I think about about that every single day, what am I doing today to love myself a little bit more? And it's such a crazy platform because it's like as you begin to clean yourself and you begin to shed these layers, and it's all about forgiveness. It's all about saying surrendering and letting go. I know some people say yes, 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 I forgive you, I forgive you, but don't ever do that to me again. It's forgive you in a way like they never did it. Like we all know that whoever's in our life. Whoever did us wrong throughout our journey, that that particular person was only given, only had, could do the best they can do with the tools that they've been given. So whoever wronged us, whoever did anything to us, they were only doing the best that they could do. And so from that area, you, from that um, perspective, you can begin to surrender and let go. By letting go and surrendering and forgiving them, you're actually just forgiving yourself. And the more you authentically begin to forgive all these little things that happen to you that really set the road for your fears and your anxieties and your and, and the obstacles for love and all these things that really torment us throughout a lifetime um, to the, 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 the lights from heaven begin to just begin to shower down and you go oh my god I get it I get it and it's really not nothing to talk about it's hard to express it because it's like something you want to go more inward with than to shout out to the rooftops so it's like and this is 
the greatest lesson I learned from ayahuasca. The number one lesson is that ayahuasca, for me, isn't a spirit within a plant like the indigenous people believe. I didn't believe that ayahuasca is us. And I believe that not everybody is going to sit down and perform taking the medicine and sit down in ceremony. But I believe that people that do become the medicine. And I don't think that you need ayahuasca to become the medicine. I believe that you can sit down in long, drawn-out meditation ceremonies and really sit with yourself, with higher self, and get the downloads that you need, that you can get the same downloads from sitting with the medicine. But ultimately, when I took on my guardianship and I empty purge buckets and I'm taking care of people and people are curled up in the corner and they're crying, the one thing I learned was to not go over there with a blanket and help take care of them or hand them a tissue or go, no, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through it. You sit there from afar, you love them from afar, you allow them to stay in that fetal position crying in the corner, and you send them love like this and you go, and make, nothing makes me happier than to see a person completely break down in ceremony and crying and going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and they're going through it. Nothing inside of me wants me to jump over to them and go, no, please, it's gonna be okay. It's all part of the process. It's, you just, uh, in life and everywhere, with my daughter, even when, with this guy to go full circle for me, is when I came back with my relationship with my girl and she, out of the blue, she said, I don't think I, I can be with you anymore. And it was right after a ceremony. And I'm sure a lot of it had to do with ceremony because she never partook and probably thought, now Shane's a complete weirdo. He's burning sage around the house. He's got these crazy bracelets on. He's gonna probably have a bone through his nose before it's all said and done with. <laughs> and when she said that to me, the first thing that came to me, as I said, if I can hold space for 30 people in a room, I can hold space for you right now. I love you no matter what, and thank you for the time that you spent with me, and I will be the best dad that you've ever seen, and the best partner as we co-parent in this new journey. Probably not something she was expecting, but it came from, it was something that naturally came out, came from such a real, real place, from sitting in ceremony and allowing people to go through their own process, and then it allows you the space to just focus on you. You don't need to cure the world. You don't need to heal the world. You don't need to save the planet. Leave that to the, everyone else is doing their own thing and, and their own journey. And, you know, that's my greatest lesson. I don't need to fix the world anymore. I only need to fix myself. And if by me fixing myself leads to me going and doing a, a feeding for the homeless or going to a school or going to the inmates to teach mates, inmates about nutrition now and all that is just for my own personal growth not trying to save the jail system. It's for somehow, it all just correlates back to me. So do you believe uh, we have multiple rebirths in our life? I know that in this life, I've had seven rebirths. So coming back um, and into a new body is something that I think is a, um, I'm completely, uh, blown away by the idea of that being a possibility. I've had past lives come to me, don't really know how to really take it, if that's an actual past life or a story that's telling to myself that's telling me a lot about this journey, but um, I don't spend too much time thinking about it because I don't know for sure. I only really focus on the things that I do believe and that I, and that I do know. I do know that in this lifetime of Shane's life, I have been reborn at least seven times and with new chapters and I look back on these other chapters of my life and I can't even fathom that that was the same person but I know that that was part of my growth and why not being able, why not uh, have that be true for coming back into different bodies and different situations. Uh, it's a definitely a possibility. Yeah. 
how do we share those like rebirths, you know, to more people? Like, um, we or do, do it. you or do you kind of just lay out, you know, a path and see whoever stumbles upon that path? I think we just uh, you do it by um, you can do it by working a cubicle. I mean, honestly, you don't. I don't think that anyone needs to find a big platform to share their rebirth from. I think that somebody can come by and see the change in somebody that you know that they've been going to work with every day for nine years. How you doing, Bob? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, another day in paradise, right? Same thing every single day. Then all of a sudden, Bob comes to work. How you doing, Bob? Too. Come on. Freaking dude. The best weekend. I'm just glad to be here, man. If you ever need anything, come all over here. Next thing you know, dude, what's going on with this dude? I heard he started taking plant medicine. I don't know. I don't know. But by just being, um, just being your authentic self, man. Yeah. That is how you do it. It's authenticity. I think that's why Donald Trump won. Really, I swear to God. I don't think it was a racist thing at all. I think exactly what happened was because we also learned that a lot of the people that voted for Trump also voted for Obama his last term. I think he, he, as hard as that dude is to stomach, and some of the things that he says, he just said the worst thing on the planet, and he laid it right out there for the rest of the world to see, not giving a shit about any repercussions. And I think that people that are really sick of the system, that were sick of the repetitive process again and again and again, go, that sucks, that this is my choice, but I choose authenticity over that. And um, I think we are in the era of authenticity. I think that that's what this is. I think that as self-love helps us be more of authentic self, and um, as hard as it is to stomach, some people are so authentic, you would never want to bring them around your family because they just can't hide it. But in the worst way possible, in the most low, low vibrational way possible. But to find that, low, that high vibration within yourself, be your most authentic self, live your own truth, and your chapters will be exposed to the world because they see you. They can't deny you. When somebody walks in, I can have, um, 200 people come to my restaurant all day long and it takes one bad person it used to take one person to come in and be like this is the worst place I've ever seen you guys take forever blah 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 and then all day long I'm like fuck that guy how did that guy come in here and then all night long I'm cleaning up Shane what were our sales say I don't know but that fucking asshole I can't even believe it but um, excuse my language but um, now I've learned to see it the other way I've learned it those people don't even come within my radar anymore. I only see the best people that come throughout my day and they inspire me tremendously. Just by the small interactions that we have, I see them. I even tell them when they come through, I go, hey, I know we just met, but I go, I see you. And they go, I see you too, thank you. And you know, love recognizes love. It's pretty awesome. And then um, I think the people that are starving, just like watching an athlete, man, people see you on your bike, they see you doing your thing, I need to, Pablo, I need to start working out more. What do I need to do? I need to start building up my cardiovascular. People come to you all the time, I'm sure, for fitness, health and wellness advice. And you're like, damn, I'm just riding my bike. What's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah. People are hungry, man. Yeah. People are hungry. And you share your chapter by you just doing your thing. You obviously, you're tapped into nature. And you want to spin Red Rock, going to Red Rock every single day. Is obviously seeing something in Red Rock that a lot of other people don't see. So it brings up curiosity. Why do you keep going back there? What do you see in the mountains that I'm, that I'm missing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I ask, you know, because I, I went on a ride with um, like three other people I usually don't ride with. And we actually had a very similar, We, I shared this book, The Hidden Message in the Water with a really close friend of mine. Um, and I shared it with him because he's, he's a scuba diver at heart. Like he's, he's a fish, I tell him he's a fish. He loves being in water. So I thought this book was really appropriate to him. And he, um, started talking about this book during this ride and there were you know these other people there 
um, and they were kind of like, you know, what are you guys talking about? You know, and then I started talking, I was like, literally right now, they're like huffing and puffing, they're like in zone five, you know, the heart rate's at like 180, and I'm just kind of, I'm at zone three, zone two, you know, and and they're talking, chattering, chattering, and they're like, why are you so quiet? I'm like, I'm talking to the rocks right now, guys, like, I'm sending some, some rays, and they're giving it right back at me, and they're like, what? They're like, what do you mean? They're like, well, we're just talking about water right now, right? Well, this Japanese scientist, he put, he wrote love on a, on a bottle of water and then froze the water and looked at the crystals and saw perfect alignment and, some, and symmetrical, you know, snowflakes. Well, the same thing is, is what we have within, right? So if, 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 not only using those words, but you said it earlier, is having those thoughts. You don't necessarily have to speak it, but if you do have those thoughts internally, um, you can definitely like transmit that, right? Just like radio frequencies. You've been talking about frequencies this whole you know conversation, and you know that that love transmitter is is really powerful. You know, I try it out with people. I literally have conversations with people when it's quiet, and I'll tell I'll tell them to like pick up a napkin or something, or um, or ask them, do you want some water? And like two or three minutes later, they're like, man, I want some water right now. Wow. Or they grab a napkin. And I've just been testing it out how often it, mm-hmm. it, it happens. And it, dude, try it. Yeah. Okay. It's because it, you're tuned in, right? Yeah. So try it with um, just with anyone, really. Just try it with anyone. Like people you kind of hang around with a lot. Okay. And, and just vibe it off and see if there's any like, like different reactions or just start thinking about something like a, a movie or something mm-hmm. or like a time period mm-hmm. and all of a sudden a conversation will pop up wow and, oh, dude i'm doing it, it happens, all day today bro. i'm doing it all so day so if you do that with love right yeah like just like you said we're all kind of connected we're all these nodes in this network you know where everyone's connected so if you can kind of transmit that even with your actions i mean you do it literally with your actions you said you're feeding like thousands of people mm-hmm. right during this holiday when a lot of people, when they need it the most, um, that's an action, right? Put that ingredient love on it, and it's just gonna explode. You know, they're they're really gonna feel it. Um, so that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on this podcast and meet you and talk to you, learn more, more about you, um, and tune in to who Shane is because not only because of your 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 restaurant. I mean, it's it's sick, right? The furniture is, I love it. The paintings, the murals, the people you have working here, they're always like really positive, smiling, awesome service. Quality of food is great. Um, but there was something about you yourself. The first time I stepped in here, that was like, that guy has, has a dope vibe, you know? He's just kind of doing it like, because he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And people notice that when people just want to do what they want to do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we scheduled this podcast a couple of times, right? Mm-hmm. And like schedules were off here and there. But when people really just want to do what they want to do at that moment, they'll make it happen mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And you're that person. Mm-hmm. You're that person, you, you know, for yourself and for a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah, likewise um, to you. And, and that's, that's an amazing thing, you know? Um, authenticity. I mean, we were rapping up here with... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> come so on, man! You guys were just being yourself, and it was amazing to see that, um, to see that in action and, and happen organically. And no one was around to watch. You mm-hmm. know, no one was filming. No one was doing anything. You were just being yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a magical thing. Um, sometimes it's kind of hard to capture capture that those moments uh, through social media, right? Yeah. Because like sometimes it's it's a little, and the camera's on. It's, you know, 
people might might change a little bit or get nervous or shy out or get overly you know expressive or whatever um, but it's uh, it's super cool to to have experiences and events that you're having here because bringing people together under one roof right and even though in their in their mind you might not know exactly what their intentions are or why they're here or whatnot you know because I mean not everyone's perfect right on the outside everyone wants to be perfect and wants to be this this you know character and part of a, of a, of a tribe but who knows right who's inside but once they come in here even if they came in in a negative way, I'm sure they start transforming. Because, again, love, mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't beat that, dude. You can't beat that. And this place is full of it. This place is full of it. That's why people come here, they eat, they chill, they're on their laptops, hang out, you know, for hours. Yeah. They don't want to leave. You know, they step outside yeah. of Vegas and it's another whole other world. Yeah. So I'm so happy and so stoked that you created this um, culture. Thank it's you, not man. a restaurant, it's a culture. Exactly. It's a culture, and I think you're... You're starting to kind of, just like your logo, how you have your roots, you're finding what those roots are. And you're finding what, how they're connecting to the community and how, you know, you're, you're making it so that this place doesn't go away, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And even just grows and expands <clears throat> in, in different ways. Um, so that's awesome, man. You're a model, you know, a model to, for a lot of people, entrepreneurs, people who want to um, expand themselves within, um, I've had similar journeys, you know, like yourself. So it's great that you're also sharing your story because you never knew who, who was listening and who's going through a, a difficult time, a hard time, or kind of lost on a path. And, you know, um, it's good to kind of be a beacon, you know, for a lot of people. And that's, you're, you're definitely that, man. Thank you, so, brother. Thanks so much Thank for being so on much. the show, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. One thing I didn't put in there that I would love to put in because you asked me was what was my practice for anyone eating healthy number one really focus on the foods that you're eating know where your food's coming from that always taps you in back into mindfulness um spirituality as far as anything anything spiritual that you would ever want to tap into whatever resonates with you whatever sings to your heart and really taking time to silence your mind regardless if it's being led through guided meditation silent meditation my favorite just have everything off and no sound or anything and becoming the watcher but uh, these are all tools that could definitely have major 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 impact on your life and developing a relationship with nature giving yourself the freedom to tap get away from the cement jungle and just to go see what this what the natural world is all about that's it also do you have any uh, shout outs you want to give to anyone that's kind of like been there yes as a soundboard uh, people that have supported you even haters if you want to yeah. give me a shout out to them yeah. you know what's up um, I'd like to give a shout out to greens and proteins thank you so much for um, allowing my recipes to find a home and giving me a very strong platform to stand on Thank you to Downtown Project and Nicole Hester, my partner at Grassroots, for believing me enough to allow me to build my own vision and help me facilitate that vision. Thank you to Vanessa Chamberlain, Dylan Berkabill, Sarah, and Tony Lucas for allowing my ultimate vision to come to life and allow me to have the freedom to express myself in any way that I want to do and you to be there to help support me along the way. And thank you to my family for being there for me, holding space for me, allowing me to go through my own journey and loving me unconditionally. And first and foremost, my brother, John John, who was born with cerebral palsy. Um, he has been my backbone. He was born with a severe cerebral palsy. 
has his master's degree in psychology. He's an author, he's a public speaker. And he showed me that even without the full control of your body, that you can do whatever you want in this world and no challenge in life is a hurdle. And I love you, brother. And, um, and to, all my, um, to all my followers and fans and people, my supporters, I should say, on social media who remind me every single day that I'm headed in the right direction. Thank you for the love. Thank you for always the message you send me online. I love all of you and good luck on you and your journey. Where can people get at you online? Um, yeah, it's um, social media is on um, Instagram, Raw Mixologist, and Shane Stewart, S H A N E S T U A R T on Facebook, and that's pretty much all I roll with at this moment. And Panacea LV.com is the website for events and um, our menu and our restaurant information about our restaurant that you can find online. And yeah, so we have a lot of you know a lot of people that visit us from all over the world um, on the podcast. So if you ever come out to Vegas, definitely come say hi to Shane. He'll uh, if he's here, he's going to be welcoming you with open arms and a lot of love. Uh, so stop by and thanks again, brother. Thank you so much, brother. All right, man. Thank you for. In heart, we live. Much love to everyone for tuning into this week's episode of Devotion Freeze. Shane is binding his relationships with plants, and I don't mean this literally, although I'm sure he does, and he's loving every single breath of it, realizing the peaks and valleys that we must all endure. I'm so grateful for Shane as he shared how his vulnerability in life, strength, curiosity, and the will to love can set us free. As a practicing athlete, I peek into Shane's methodologies through a human performance lens and see an essential ingredient we all need to increase life capacity. Yes, you got it. Devotion. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Get at me on our digital space at fueltalk.co and explore all our extra fuel that we have from our podcasts. And remember, crush your ego, devote your life to your inner passions, and get free. And now, enjoy an athlete meditation experience brought to you from our lovely Sanam. Enjoy your flow. Sit comfortably or lie down. Close your eyes and visualize your body. Breathe comfortably. And on your next inhale, breathe into your heart. Feel the rhythm of your heart as you breathe out. You may breathe out through your nose or mouth, whatever feels good to you. And now visualize the light of the sun. Feel the heat as it radiates on your body. And on your next inhale, breathe in the light of the sun into your jaw. And let the warmth radiate through any tension you may be holding there. 
just let it go. And as you breathe in again, this time into your hips, allow your breath to bring in the golden light of the sun. And as you breathe out, allow this light to radiate through every tissue, releasing tensions, repairing, rejuvenating. And now breathe in again, and this time send your breath to your knees and let the sunlight radiate on and through your wonderful knees. Let the golden light be there as you breathe out and release any tensions, any worries, any fears. Let them off your knees. Now breathe into your feet. Bring the golden light as you breathe into your wonderful feet. Let it radiate through every cell as you breathe out the golden sunlight through every cell in your feet. And now visualize yourself surrounded by a halo of golden light. You'll feel your body growing warm. And if you have tension, let the golden light go there as you breathe naturally, comfortably, safely. And continue to breathe and allow the golden light of the sun to naturally and gracefully nourish your limbs your mind. Send the golden light of the sun to any area that needs repairing. Breathe into that area of the golden light of the sun. Breathe out and allow this light to nourish your body. Continue to breathe as you come back to your heartbeat. Breathe easefully as you slowly wiggle your toes and gently open your eyes. <laughs>